the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 221 for August 22nd, 2010. FM radio could find its way into your phone, counterfeit BlackBerry batteries recalled, and Sprint's 3G femtocell could be coming your way. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Coppas. Brought to you by Netflix and supported by listeners like you, subscribers to The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked. More information at thecellphonejunkie.com. The show is also supported by the Cell Phone Junkie podcast application for the iOS, available now in the iTunes store for $1.99. Well, first today, a reminder of all the ways you can get in touch with us with your questions and comments. We regularly mention that you can send us email to questions at thecellphonejunkie.com or call us at 206 203 3734 and of course there's always twitter i am tcpj underscore mickey joey is tcpj underscore joey and the site is cell phone junkie well we now have a way that you can text in your feedback to us so if you've got an unlimited texting plan or just like to send text messages the number is 775-773-tcpj as in the cell phone junkie again 775-773-tcpj which translates to 8275. We'd love to hear from you. So send us a quick message, a comment, a question, whatever you've got, just send it to 775-773-8275. And we'll do a special segment on the next show with all of your questions and comments that were sent in via text. Well, I literally just walked in the door just a few minutes ago just got back from a trip. I'd spent uh, the weekend out in San Diego and have uh, some, some mobile technology stuff that I wanted to talk about real quick. And um, you may hear a little bit in my voice. I'm a little bit under the weather. Um, I, I'm going to be able to push through the show, though. And, and what, we, what I found here this weekend was, was pretty interesting. You know, I've got a BlackBerry on Verizon, um, and then I've got an AT&T line and a Sprint line. And I, I have kind of talked about in the past some of the different things that I've done. And I purchased a Nexus. Well, I ended up selling the Nexus, and then I purchased another Nexus. I ended up selling that Nexus about a week and a half ago. So I am no, no longer using Android in any fashion. But that brought up another question of, well, what, was I, what am I going to use here? So I was kind of going through my life and, and thinking about different things that I, I like to use my phones for. And one of the things that I love about having a BlackBerry is that it's, it's just so easy and it meets just the very basic needs that I have. And so I thought, hmm, maybe I should go take a look at the AT&T Torch. Now, Joey, we actually did an Unlock show that was released this week. And if someone really wanted to learn a lot about the Torch, I guess our show would be probably the best way to do so. I would think so, because we did uh, go into some pretty in-depth uh, discussion about that. And honestly, I, I like the torch. I think the design is pretty revolutionary as far as just a, a as far as Blackberries are concerned. Obviously, the Palm Pre has the same design with the vertical slider. Uh, but one thing that I liked about it was just how big the the screen was. And for those that are Blackberry fans, you're going to love OS six. It's they've really done a great job with it. And and having that big screen where you can you know use it for media and use your fingers on it and stuff like that. They got rid of the the clicky keyboard of the Storms and the capacitive style that they have on the torch is fantastic yeah and that's what the uh you know one of the biggest draws to the storm line is is the uh, the large screen where you can read your email and view your web browser you know web pages in a in a portrait style uh, mode and i i actually appreciate that um myself quite a bit so um i, I definitely do like that screen and and i'm glad to see that they went to the capacitive touch screen too 
The slide-out keyboard, of course. You need a keyboard if you're on a BlackBerry, if you're a heavy emailer or texter, whatever it is. So they've got this slide-out keyboard uh, that is, I'll say, kind of a hybrid between the Curve and the Bold. It's more bold than Curve, but um, the quality I just don't think is quite there um, you know, to, to the bold standard, but that's okay. Um, if you, if that's what you're you know looking for, this is, this is a great way to go. I'm, I'm really happy with what they did with it, but it just didn't seem to fit into my lifestyle. I'm not a big slider fan. Um, I thought I may be able to do a portrait style. Um, I played with one. I talked to some representatives at AT&T on launch day and ultimately decided not to get one. And, um, so then I went back to my, you know, thinking, okay, what should I do here? I really want to get one of the new, um, you know, I want to get a BlackBerry, uh, that can run, uh, the new OS six on it. So I thought, well, I could get the 9,700 and I said, well, I had a 9,700. I, I had it. That was, you know, nine months ago. Let, let's move on. What else can we do? Well, the 9,650 I had with uh, sprint, they had sent me one to review and, uh, it was a nice device and I had a, an upgrade credit on my sprint line. I didn't really want to use it though, but I, I started kind of looking around and uh, one of the moderators over at Crackberry actually had his up for sale. And so I, I went over there and I made him an offer. Uh, thanks to David uh, for making such an easy transaction. Did the entire thing over BBM, which I thought was kind of fun. So I picked up a new BlackBerry. So now my Sprint line has got a BlackBerry. And I've I've got a serial plan. One of the, the benefits of having a serial plan is, of course, you get a great deal on your service. But you're limited in the phones that you can choose. Fortunately, they have put in place a a BlackBerry add-on feature for the serial plans. It's only an additional $10 per month, which he has another 10 bucks, but it's only 10 bucks. And so for $40, it's, it's an unbelievable plan. And, and so I totally jumped on it and I said, yes, absolutely. I want to do this. And, um, so, so now I've got a BlackBerry on, on that line and this is the 9650. I've, I've reviewed it in the past. So I knew exactly what I was getting into really excited about OS six coming to it soon. Um, which I, I think is one of the best, uh, the best on, you know, things that the current owners of the 97, Hundred and the ninety six fifty, or that you're get, you're going to be getting this brand new OS that's really slick and seems to work very well on this hardware. Yeah, I'm excited about that, Mickey. That's for sure. I mean, some of the videos we've seen of the OS six running on the torch, and even the videos seeing it on the ninety six fifty. There's a few leaked versions. I know Verizon has it at, uh, going on there right now, so we will be seeing it hopefully within the next couple months, and that is uh, that is very exciting. So it gives you kind of an opportunity to uh, move into the next phase of BlackBerry, but mm-hmm. keeping the BlackBerry experience, though, it's not like it's going to be drastically different where you have no idea how to use the phone. And for what it's worth, my Curve on Verizon is a work device, so I can't install applications on it. I, I can't do a lot of customization to it, and so I really wanted to, to, to get a new one of the newer styles and you know me, I'm kind of manic about these things, so we'll see how long this lasts. But um, for right now, I'm actually really happy with it. So that leaves my AT&T line and what the heck I'm going to do now that I don't have uh, my Nexus anymore. Well, it turns out uh, my wife and I both got the iPhone 4s on launch day. Mine went back. Hers stayed. She's well past the 30-day period. So unfortunately, uh, nothing we can do as far as returning it to AT&T, so I'm kind of stuck with it. What about the um, the thing that Apple said where they'd, they'd allow you to return your iPhone 4? I know your contract is still um, required, but can you uh, return it still? You know, I don't know. That that's a that's a great question. I, I don't think so. I think you're still bound by the terms of what that contract is. Of course, at the time when they did the press conference and they said you can return it, it was within that period. And so they said, well, if you've bought it, you can return it. Well, the 30 days is the period in which you have to return it, and it was only what 22 days when they made their their press conference. And so. 
I, I don't think you can, though. I guess I, I could try, though I, I could see a lot of issues <laughs> with it. Um, bottom line, though, she loves the, the iOS experience and, and you know, 4.0 is, is really good for her. So I bought her a 3GS. Um, she really wanted the white version, and so I, I was able to get a 16-gig model for a reasonable price through AT&T. And so she's using that. So uh, kind of by default, I am now stuck with an iPhone 4 here again, which um, I, we got our free case with it. It's an in-case. It's a, a, a frosted one, which actually I like better than the bumper. It's really thin. It's, it's, you can hardly even tell that it's on the phone. Mm. And so I, I do like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, still, I'm, I'm, I'm still very wary of this hardware, and I haven't been using it a whole lot since I got it reactivated this week. There was, um, you know, there's a few complaints that you'd had, uh, or your, you know, your wife had about the operation of the phone. And uh, I've been seeing a lot of those mirrored in forum posts that aren't really iPhone or, or Apple related that I read mostly like Blackberry and a few other ones. And, and I'm seeing kind of those same issues creeping up with a lot of people, you know, say, well, I took mine back because it just, it, 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 it's not performing the way it should be. I love the hardware and I love looking at it. And the screen is, of course, great. Um, you got to have this case on it to make it really work well. And yeah, maybe I'm in a low service area, but th- you know that's that's that. Um, my wife did not like the the feel of it. She felt it was too too boxy. Um, she loves the 3GS. It's you know smooth rounded corners and stuff, and so she really does like that. Um, I'm not too too concerned about it with this case though. It's it's not too bad. It keeps the thin form factor with it. Um, the proximity sensor is still an issue with it. I, I'm having the screen turn on on me when I'm talking on it, which is very rare. It's really only to her because we both have AT and T. Um, but the Speeds are taken care of now. Of course, the Alcatel Lucent issue is resolved, and speeds are great, so I'm happy to see that. That's great. And, um, you know, just that phone, even when you hold it, Mickey, and you're showing it to me, it, it looks drastically bigger than the old iPhone. Yeah, it's thinner, yes, yeah. but the fact that it's got square corners all the way around it, that's, a, that. I mean, really, that design, I mean, I know when we first saw the leaked spy shots from uh, Gizmodo's story, it's like, well, that can't be the phone. That's going backwards for design and fluid and, and nice to hold on to that's really it's really not a very nice phone i mean when it's got straight edges straight corners it's, it's kind of bizarre i know a lot of our listeners are, are using iphone 4s right now and would would totally disagree with you in the form but you're 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 right in some regards that it's it, it is it's boxier it's more square and and we could talk for hours just about this iPhone, but um, anyway, so that that's kind of where I'm I'm at right now. I'm I'm stuck with it, I'll say, but uh, we'll see what what happens here. Of course, I I you know I'm never one to say, well, I've got a contract and I'm stuck with a phone. I'll figure <laughs> no. something out, but who knows? No, it, it, no, and I'm not saying that it's yeah, it's a horrible design, but it, it's definitely something where it doesn't really uh, to me it, it it feels like it's almost kind of going backwards in time as far as design goes, just because it is straight corners. You know, it's it's. It's not rounded off. And obviously having that size, you know, having those straight corners, um, you know, they, it worked into the antenna, you know, the integrated antennas. And it works to actually increase the internal space of the phone as well, because then it can push the circuit boards right up against the edge and the battery right up against the edge. So uh, where you can't do that if you've got a really rounded back. And uh, of course, that's why they did that, you know, as part of the design. Well, it's a it's a conversation for the ages or at least the year. So if you've got any questions or comments on it, this is where you get in touch with us, of course. Like we just mentioned, questions at the cellphonejunkie.com, 206-203-3734 to leave a voicemail or send us a text. 
775-773-8275. That's TCPJ. Let's jump into the news this week, shall we? The RIAA and the National Association of Broadcasters agreed this week that Congress should mandate FM receivers in cell phones and other portable electronics. The Consumer Electronics Association says that the proposal is the height of absurdity and that such a move is not in our national interest. Both the NAB and the RIAA say that it would provide more music choices and is a consumer-focused proposition. The deal has not been finalized and the groups still need to convince Congress to agree this one is is pretty goofy i'm i'm an fm fan i i listen to fm radio occasionally i'm a big npr fan we've talked about this many times i get i get my npr fill either from the radio or from an application but it's still nice to have i don't know that i've ever really been out and about and thought i really need an fm radio on my phone i may be in the minority on that what do you think uh no i don't think you're the minority at all (laughs) if you weren't in the minority i think we'd have fm chips on all of our phones here especially in the u.s i know in uh, nokia's and in a lot of other Mm -hmm. countries actually it's very common to have fm radios in their phones um here no it's a complete non-issue i mean basically for you know kind of these days if you're in a car that's the only time anybody ever turns fm on and even that is getting to be extremely rare now so it, it's um i mean I, yeah mickey i do listen to the radio i, I uh, same here npr but um i mean I, I would probably use it occasionally on my phone but I, I i like dedicated radios for for listening to music and um like you said now that you know you can use an app for streaming most things anyway so eh, it's not it's, yeah. it's, it's very strange that they try to push this and i, I have a feeling this won't go anywhere but uh I, I guess i'm not surprised that the the nab wants to push this well, and the CEA says it's the height of absurdity. So, it so really is. They're not behind it at all. So, who knows what's going to happen with that? But kind of an interesting one to, to kick off the news here, at least. And, and I can even see the carriers not even uh, wanting to go along with this because that cuts into their revenue stream for some of the over-the-air services they provide. And I think that's one of the things that they are they're more focused on is the revenue side of it. And so that's, yeah, absolutely. That's going to be a big conflict of interest for them. But you know, the, the, the manufacturers of the devices are the ones that are going to ultimately, you know, have to, to make the decision to do that. Another thought I just had was with some of the Nokia's that you're talking about, you have to have a special headphones that you use with it. It's not just plugging in any random three and a half millimeter headset jack into it. It's, you know, actually going into the bottom of the device and, and creates a, a connection uh, with, you know, the dot connection that then uses the headphones as an antenna. And can you imagine throwing another radio in here? I just, mm, I don't know, yeah. or at least another antenna. We'll see. Anyway, let's move on here. Computer World reporting that Qualcomm has a new version of its Snapdragon processor that will start shipping at the end of the year. The new dual core chip will run at speeds up to 1.5 gigahertz and will be made with the 45 nanometer process. Power management will be improved using individual voltage scaling so each core can be clocked separately. The possible video display is 1080p and it will have integrated HDMI output. LG indicated that it will use chips made by NVIDIA in its future smartphones. LG picked a dual-core version of the Tegra chip from NVIDIA, which scored its first phone processor win with the Microsoft Kin devices. LG hasn't confirmed the clock speed of the dual-core Tegra chip that it will use. 
Near Field Communications, or NFC, is a short-range wireless communication technology enabling the exchange of data between devices over a four-inch distance, and the activity regarding the technology heated up significantly this week. The technology is primarily aimed at the use of mobile phone to make payments at POS or point-of-sale systems. Currently, T-Mobile, Verizon, AT&T, and Discover Financial have their own plans to trial mobile payment systems. And during the week, the FCC uh, revealed documents that were testing out a new Nokia smartphone that includes RFID support for NFC. The unnamed device is a WCDMA device with radio bands used by AT&T and T-Mobile for their 3G networks. This is the first NFC device from Nokia for the American market. Then Visa and Bank of America stated that starting in September, plans to trial the use of smartphones to make purchases in stores will begin. The pilot will be held in the New York City area and allow users to simply tap their phone against the NFC reader, which will collect what it needs to process the sale. The trial will be a limited size and will run through the end of the year. Carriers and device selection were not disclosed. This is a, I think, going to be the future of how we are doing some of our, you know, processing our payments as we're out and about. Think about, you know, 10, 15 years ago and the, the proliferation of cash at that point. And still, people take cash, you know, it's, it, it's the primary form of currency. But more and more, I find myself using a credit card. I mean, there are, there are, if I'm ever presented with the opportunity to use a credit card versus cash, I'll use a credit card for various reasons, including, you know, you know, personal financial gain reasons of getting points and getting cash back and stuff like that. But it's just also easier. You don't have to carry around the change and you don't have to, you know, have, uh, you know, have money on you all the time. So I, I like the idea of being able to use some sort of, you know, alternate form to make, pro- to make payments. And I like the idea of having a phone that's tied to that. Now, the security issue, of course, comes into my mind with it, and I'm, I'm sure that will be addressed. But I have my phone with me all the time. I guess I have my wallet with me too, but certainly the phone will make a lot more sense, um, you know, for certain people. Uh, you know, absolutely, Mickey. And uh, you know, security. I don't, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you're never secure anyway. I mean, using cash is your best option for that because you know your credit card number can be stolen or skimmed or swiped or looked at or all of the above. Um, I mean, honestly, right now with the way things are going, with the the amount of uh, crooks out there trying to get your credit card number, installing them. Um, you know, off, uh, you know, ATM where they install fake ATM machines mm-hmm. when you're out. Um, they have these sophisticated devices that mount over the, the panel of the, uh, the ATM machine and has a little camera on there. And the, the guys sit nearby with a Wi-Fi connection, and record everybody's pins and credit card numbers as they're coming in. Uh, it, it, you know, it's getting to be a little bit uh, serious. So actually doing something like this actually may be better than a credit card. But Mickey, I totally agree. I mean, I love the convenience of swiping that card two seconds, the payment's done instead of having to make, you know, have the employee make change or get exact change to them. You know, it's the speed and convenience of it. Keep in mind, there's going to be, you know, certain things that are going to go along with this. It's not necessarily a where your carrier is the one that's collecting the funds. It's going to be tied to some sort of account, like a PayPal account or, or, or linked back to your bank or something like that. Uh, there, there's all sorts of ways that this, this technology can be implemented. And um, it, it, this are, these are just the beginning phases of this. But two separate stories this week talking about it made me you know, really kind of intrigued by the technology. And, and so I'm excited about it. And I think we're going to see some stuff here before the end of the year. And of course, moving in to early 2011. Well, the Washington Post reporting that eight Republican U.S. senators are working to block the sale of telecom equipment from Chinese manufacturer Huawei to Sprint. The group is led by Senator Kyle of Arizona and is asking President Obama to investigate if the country's national security will be compromised by the equipment. 
In a statement, the group said a Chinese company with such a leading role in Iran's economy and close relationship with the IRGC should not be able to do business in the U.S. Pretty interesting language out of a group that heralds the wonders of the free market. The senators also note that Huawei sells equipment to the Chinese military, Afghanistan, and Iraq. At worst, Huawei is becoming a major supplier of Sprint. Nextel could present a case of a company acting at the direction of and funded by the Chinese military, taking a critical place in the supply chain of the u.s military law enforcement and the private sec- sector a uh, a topic that I, I think is is worth some some time but this seems a little bit overboard um personally i i see i see the issue that they're they're facing here and why they're talking about it but i, I do believe that there are probably some, some better things to focus their time on um Huawei, of course, is one of the leading manufacturers of equipment, um, you know, for all the Chinese devices that are out there. And of course, now we're looking at uh, having them selling equipment to Sprint here. Who knows what ultimately is going to happen with that? I think this one, though, may be kind of a DOA issue. I think so. I mean, I'm sure we have tons of their equipment already running here. So, I mean, what's the difference? Because, I mean, I see that uh, Sprint, you know, acquiring them, it would be, uh, you know, it's just, yeah, it's a very strange. I mean, the, the government wastes a lot of time. Or with investigations, I know. I know the Sirius XM one was one that I, I, you know, got to hear about quite a bit, um, and it took forever for that to go through. And yeah, yes, it was a monopoly for satellite radio companies, but yeah, there's so much competition. This is again the same thing. What's the difference? I mean, there's so many competitive companies out there that they could be run by the Chinese uh, government or military as well. It's yeah, it's really strange. Mm. Anyway, regardless, they've, there's some there's some you know senators that have taken issue with it, and so they're going to be looking at it here, and we'll see if it ultimately goes anywhere. Verizon Wireless customers in the L.A. and San Diego markets take note: a $99 monthly unlimited plan is being tested in your area. The plan offers unlimited unlimited talking, texting, and data for the price that previously only included talking. The price competes directly with the $99 Sprint Everything plan and T-Mobile's similar offering. Contact Verizon if you're in the Southern California area to determine your eligibility there's no way they're going to compete with sprint on this price mickey i just don't see it i mean do you see them going to a hundred dollars for this i i just i would see 120 well they're they're going to try it out here and see what the the interest level is and i guess the idea is if they can get enough people to to move themselves from let's say a 70 or 80 dollar plan to the 99 dollar plan the amount that uh you know the difference in in what the the cost benefit to them i think is what they're looking at here this is why they do trials for these and i know you know if you're in other areas of the country we've talked about these you know over the past couple of weeks there are all sorts of different trials that are going on for various things but the companies need to figure out if it's a good business decision for them to to jump in and and do something like this and if they can get the average revenue per user up enough then that is when it makes sense so this is why they're doing the trials so i don't know i i I have a hard time seeing it right now. You know, they're getting another 20 bucks on top of it. But if it brings enough people up to that level, then yeah, absolutely. They could be looking at it. Well, according to Intumobile or Intumobile, starting on Tuesday, August 24th, only two plans will be available for data on Virgin Mobile. One will feature 100 megabytes of data for $10 per month that expires after 10 days. And the other will be $40, which lasts you the entire month and offers unlimited usage. Both plans take advantage of the Sprint 3G network and will work on a USB or Wi-Fi modem option so pretty nice there if you're a, a, a you know an infrequent traveler and you want to have 3g while you're on the go uh, and you only are using it for you know email and web browsing 100 megs for 10 bucks not too bad cheaper uh, usually than what you can get at your hotel's uh you know your hotel's wi-fi 
True, very true. And uh, in in some cases, uh, more reliable, too, because uh, some hotel Wi-Fi is pretty worthless. I've been traveling a lot recently, spent a lot of time in hotels, and I will tell you, I've been using Sprint exclusively. I pretty much gave up on uh, on hotel Wi-Fi. Though that's not the case everywhere. It just happened to be the hotels that I was staying at. It just, it just didn't seem to work quite as well as, as uh, what Sprint was doing for me. And this is very exciting to see data coming to the prepaid. I know it's been kind of creeping up here, but it, this is still a very recent event that we're getting, you know, data-capable phones and data-capable plans with the prepaid, uh, you know, prepaid uh, companies. So this is very exciting. I, I, I would totally agree. Totally agree. Well, thanks to our first sponsor of the day, Netflix. Help support the cell phone junkie by signing up for a two-week free trial. Plans start at $4.99 per month, over 100,000 titles to choose from. Keep each movie as long as you want. No late fees ever. Free shipping both ways. Free delivery in about one business day. Cancel any time. And as a bonus to those DVDs, watch some movies over the internet for no additional charge. Joey and I appreciate your support of the show by signing up for a free trial of Netflix. Well, Lots of stuff you can watch on there, and like I said, I've been traveling quite a bit recently, and I've uh, been hitting up some of the My Boys seasons, if you're a fan of these shows. Uh, They are not yet on the instant side, but you can get those DVDs, so uh, check those out if you're interested in those. That's a a TBS original series. Huh, interesting. I watched more Top Gear, and uh, uh, Family Guy is now available for instant streaming. Love it. All of the Family Guys. Um through i think whatever the last dvd set that came out it's like volume eight or something around that uh range yeah volume eight so those are available for instant streaming now um i think they even did the uh um the american dad series which is also by the seth MacFarlane. so mm-hmm. they, there's some new options to watch and family guy is you can't say anything besides it's off the wall <laughs> yeah beware it's it's not family friendly we'll just say mm, that yeah not really <laughs> Anyway, lots of great stuff on Netflix. If you want to sign up for a, an account, you can do a two-week free trial. Head over to thecellphonejunkie.com, click the link on the right side to get signed up, and you'll get your first disc in just a couple of days. Well, the boy genius says that field testing of a new iPad and Verizon iPhone are about to begin. According to the boy genius, one of our Apple sources has just informed us that something very interesting, way down deep within iOS 4, is a pretty intriguing block of code. Our source says that the code queries the device, and if the device is either a CDMA iPhone or iPad 2, the device will auto-activate, thus bypassing the need for iTunes. We're told this block of code has appeared every year consecutively before a major iPhone-slash-device release removed right before the launch. This allows the products to be field-tested by carriers or partners without having to activate the handsets or devices. I really want to know who spends all this time digging through source code. I mean, this is assembly language uh, in this code here, it looks like. Who spends the time doing this? This is amazing to me. I, I just find this absolutely fascinating. But looking through the code here, there's nothing that says CDMA iPhone. So the, this leap to the CDMA iPhone, is uh, th- that seems to be a little bit uh, premature here with uh, making that assumption. We are on, I think, month number eight here of my assertion that we will see an iPhone on Verizon sometime late 2010, early 2011. I'll stretch it into January just because that's, you know, it seems to be the rumor du jour. I, I don't know what this means, if anything, this extra code in here, but yeah, I'll bite. I'll say, sure. I still think it's coming this year. Yeah, Mickey. No, actually, I do agree with you fully, but the code, I, I, I'm sure it's for a CDMA iPhone because if in fact that you know they, they they said this appears when they're deal you know dealing with phone testing 
yeah, that's just, this is why this code is there. Um, it's you know bypass activation. So there is something coming, and we won't, we're not going to see another GSM iPhone here. So hmm, what else is it going to be? <laughs> I mean that's that's I mean that really is the short of it. Yep, absolutely. So. That's that. Boy Genius had that rumor. In a change midweek to the iPhone's FAQs on the Apple website, the iPhone 4 will no longer be sold for AT&T customers without a contract. Prior to the change, the phone was available for $599 or $699 for those who didn't want to sign up with the new two years with AT&T. With the change, though, the iPhone 4 now requires a two-year wireless service contract to purchase through Apple. However, no contract pricing is still available through AT&T. So very strange that they did this here. If you want to get it, head over to AT&T, either the website or the store. You can get it for the unsubsidized price. But Apple's not selling them anymore for those that are not signing up with a contract. RBC Capital Markets says that RIM sold 150,000 Torch handsets in the opening weekend. The launch numbers get compared to those of the iPhone 4 launch, which came in at 1.7 million. And if you're planning to purchase the Torch, uh, if you just haven't had time to do so yet, your apathy may have paid off. Amazon has them for half of AT&T, just $99 when you sign a two-year contract. So great news there for impending Torch owners. You know, that a lot of, um, you know, analysts said, oh, yeah, they just did abysmal with 150. But actually, that's not that bad considering the, the amount of marketing they put into it. I don't think they put really quite a bit into it. And of course, it's, I mean, it is a BlackBerry. It's not as exciting as an iPhone. So um, I don't think that's actually that bad. I know two people who have torches, actually. And uh, there's, there's few people that I can say other than new iPhone owners that I know that have two, two devices. As hot as Android is, I don't know... Uh, other than people on the Android Central podcast that have the Droid X. The Evo has been good for those that have Sprint. I, I know a couple of people that have the Evo, um, but you know, for the most part, it's, it's iPhones or Blackberries these days. I know Android is heating up, and, and, and we'll continue to talk about it, of course, um, but it still seems like just when you're out and about, it's, it's mostly uh, you know, those top two, iPhone, Blackberry. It really is. And yeah, Mickey, I know one person with an Android phone. It's a Verizon. Um, I don't know what, if it's a Droid or if it's one of the other models, but that, that's the only person I know that actually has an Android phone. In my office, I've got seven people, including myself. I got a BlackBerry and an iPhone this past week. Um, one of my other employees uh, got a new BlackBerry Curve, the uh, 8530. Actually, two of them got BlackBerry Curve 8530s. Yeah, buy one, get one free. Yep, and then the other person that got one, we had four or five new phones in our office this week, actually got the Droid 2 and uh, has been trying that one out and had uh, a lot of different, very strange issues with it as far as his mail uh, not synchronizing properly. Uh, finally got it figured out after a weekend, but uh, still kind of frustrated with it. And So he came from a BlackBerry, though, so he's, he's trying to get into the Android and, of course, loves the apps, uh, being able to, to do so much more with it. You know, when you come from a BlackBerry, um, sometimes you get... Obviously, there's stuff that you have on the phone that you need to, you know, that you use, you know, your Facebook application, maybe Twitter, your email and your PIM functionality and all the rest. I mean, we'll just say is gravy, right? I mean, there's a lot of apps out there that are, are just fun to play with, but don't necessarily get used on a daily basis. So he's kind of in that honeymoon period. So we'll see what happens with him and his Droid 2 after a few weeks here. The BlackBerry Bold R020 and 9670 Oxford Flip got out of this week. BGR posted two BlackBerry leaks. 
The successor to the Bold, that R020, which appears to be a tri-band UMTS device with Edge, 624 MHz processor, 2.44-inch screen at 480 by 360 resolution, and two times the RAM at 512 megs. The phone also has upgraded its camera to 5 megapixels, the only uh, and it has an uh, autofocus and flash as well as the 9700 did, and apparently will launch with OS 6, as you'd expect. The Oxford Flip, the other device that got leaked, is set to be a CDMA-only device with the model number 9670. It will have a portrait flip with a full QWERTY 5-megapixel camera, 260 by 400 internal display with a 240 by 320 inside. No touchscreen, though, on either device. Joey... I know you're excited about this one. This 9670 has got your name written all over it. I love it, Mickey. And it's a 240 by 320 X, uh, exterior outside display. I'm sorry. I said interior. Yep. Yep. But uh, I'm really excited about that. I'm glad the screen resolution, at least on the, the 400, is is bigger. Um, the 260, I'm a little uh, disappointed. But I kind of actually like that it's a portrait-style screen. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, CDMA only, so it won't have the GSM that, that we're kind of used to here with the Bold. I suppose that... Uh, it's a thing that I can work around because I don't travel international uh, too much. Um, I'm just really excited about having a clamshell full QWERTY keyboard phone finally become available, Mickey. It's been, uh, what, 10 years uh, waiting for it. <laughs> well, this uh, it looks real uh, for sure. I mean, there's... We've, yeah, we've seen lots and lots of videos for yeah. months now uh, of this phone. So it is definitely coming. Um, the one we saw a video of was on Sprint. Um, so I think we're definitely going to see one on Sprint. I think you would uh, you would do an early upgrade just to get this device too, wouldn't you? Uh, I may. I I I actually may do that, I, or I'd try to find one on eBay uh, sure. that's you know slightly used. Yeah. Well, uh, this this looks like it is definitely going to be a Sprint device. Like you said, we've seen it with Sprint branding on it. We first heard about it what maybe two three months ago, and it had Verizon branding on it at the time. So this is this is good word, uh, good news. Of course, no word from the carriers or RIM on it on a release date or anything like that. But uh, good to see, though, that it may not be a Verizon exclusive. U.S. Sailor announced that it would start shipping the Bold 9650 on August 18th with BlackBerry 5 OS, of course. An upgrade to OS 6 will be coming in the next few months. The phone will be $230 on contract with a $70 mail-in rebate. The phone is identical to the one being sold by Verizon and Sprint. If you've got a refurbished BlackBerry, your your battery may be part of a recall announced last week by the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. About 4,000, excuse me, 470,000 refurbished BlackBerry phones distributed by Assurian may contain counterfeit BlackBerry branded batteries. Assurian is an insurer of electronics and received two reports that BlackBerrys had overheated, causing minor burns to their users. The affected units were distributed between March 2004 and October 2009, though the uh, through the insurance claim process. The commission says customers should stop using phones and contact the company to see if their batteries are under recall. You can do so by calling 1-866-384-9175 or go to 001batex.com where images of affected batteries have been posted. So, Mickey, uh, you know, I have a, uh, an interesting comment here. You can, uh, you know, I, I I do have to advise people to be careful, but um, I do order these knockoff batteries from eBay. They're around, you know, three, four dollars. Uh, they seem to work fine. Um, to me, kind of a battery is a battery, but they're not all the same. They, they do have protections built into um, the fancier OEM batteries that you do buy. 
that uh, keep them from overheating and starting on fire because there actually is a lot of energy stored in these little teeny batteries. So that is something to really be careful for, um, especially for these ones that uh, are recently been available from eBay. They, they look exactly like the OEM batteries. They're printed up to the labels that make you think they're from, but in the fine, fine print on the back of the battery, it says made in China versus made in Japan that the, the BlackBerry actual ones are made in. So it's something to just kind of watch out for. And, and I can kind of see how this could happen from the supplier uh, because, you know, they want them cheap and it says it's an OEM battery and they look like an OEM battery and there, there's no real discerning marks other than the, you know, the maiden area, which may not even be the case. And uh, for all BlackBerry batteries, original ones may not all be made in Japan, but that's just what I've noticed with the, the handful that I have here. So it is something to just kind of watch out for. You're right, though. I mean, you can you can get so many different types of batteries online, especially if you're you're going through sources that are out of the country. But you know what? Ultimately, um, it's it comes down to you know what you're comfortable with, and um, you know Joey's comfortable with uh, using aftermarket batteries. As am I. I do use them occasionally as well. Um, so so absolutely, just you know you know buyer beware. I guess we'll say. It is. And in my case, Mickey, um, when I when I can do it, I keep my OEM battery in the, the phone most of the time and use my uh, the, the, the other one as a spare. Mm-hmm. So I keep it charged, ready to go um, when I need it, when I need extra power where I just don't have the opportunity to uh, charge the phone. That's a good way to go too, I suppose. It just it makes things makes things easier if you've got uh, you know one of these you know I'll just say battery sucking hogging devices that you're using it all the time and it and uh, you need to charge it uh, uh, more regularly than once per day. Of course, it's great to have an extra battery. So anyway, check those out though if you do have a refurb BlackBerry or maybe you got one swapped out as part of a uh, an insurance claim. Nokia's newest flagship device, the N8, became available for pre-order this week. Buyers can head over to store.nokia.com and for $550, get themselves a contract-free N8. Place your order uh, for a late September delivery specifications. Include full HD recording, a 12-megapixel Carl Zeiss optics camera, 16 gigs of internal storage, and a full touch screen. Very expensive device, but man, that's a nice-looking camera there, the Carl Zeiss optics on a 12 megapixel camera, this is going to probably compete with most point and shoot cameras that are out there. Nokia announced the X3 Touch and Type handset this week, combining a 12 key keypad on the device with a 2.4 inch resistive touchscreen. The device is very thin, only 9.6 millimeters. It does support HSPA, Wi Fi, and runs on the Symbian S40 interface. The phone has a 5 megapixel camera micro SD card slot and will be sold in international markets, including Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. Well, Google stated Thursday that so many developers purchased the Nexus One via its developer channel that the entire inventory of devices is now sold out. So if you do not have your Nexus One, head over to eBay or some other online site uh, that sells them uh, as and resale to get your one there because you're not getting it through HTC. Well, speaking of HTC and Nexus Ones, they started selling accessories this week. Nexus One owners were hung out to dry when Google stopped selling the Nexus One. And all accessories went away with it. HTC is now posted on its accessories page. The docks, battery, and other items that can be purchased directly from them. Pricing remains the same 
as when they were sold through Google. In a press release, T-Mobile announced a teaser website for the upcoming T-Mobile G2. The Android device will be the carrier's first HSPA Plus handset and will run at 4G speeds. Specifications were not unveiled, but T-Mobile did say that current customers will receive exclusive first access to the device. More information at g2.t-mobile.com. Late in the week, Engadget got some they got their hands on some photos of what appears to be the G2. The device has a full QWERTY keyboard similar to the Touch Pro 2 without the number keys optical although it does have an optical trackpad and T-Mobile branding on it. The screen looks to be around 3.7 inches or 4 inches depending on how it uh, is compared and there is a dedicated camera button feature uh, uh, more information will be found out in the future on this one though. Sanyo has made the Zio, a candy bar style Android 1.6 OS device available for pre-order on Cricket's website with a shipping date of August 21st. The phone features a 3.5 inch WVGA screen, 3.2 megapixel camera, EVDO Rev A, and will cost $230 on a uh, qualifying Cricket plan. T-Mobile announced the Motorola Charm, and it will be coming to stores on the 25th of August. The phone is the carrier's first front-facing QWERTY-style Android device. It will have a touchscreen and full QWERTY underneath. Pricing has yet to be announced. Engadget ran an exclusive story this week about the Dell Thunder smartphone running on the Android OS. The Thunder will have a 1 gigahertz Snapdragon processor and and the Qualcomm Adreno graphics, the same as what the Nexus One is running. The 4.1-inch screen... 512 megs of RAM, 512 megs of ROM, 8 megapixel camera, LED flash, and front-facing VGA camera will all be included. And Gadget has two devices to look at, and they have different screens on them. One is 800 by 600, and the other 1280 by 768. Evidence shows that the devices may be geared towards different technologies, as one has CDMA and the other HSDPA uh, 3G data in it. Each device has a 3.5mm headphone jack, 1400mAh battery, and micro SD card slot. Verizon announced that the first handset from Chinese manufacturer ZTE is a vertical sliding form factor. The Salute is a candy bar-shaped vertical sliding phone with a 2.4-inch screen, 1.3-megapixel camera, Bluetooth, and is a Verizon Navigator-capable device. The phone is available online for $20 after rebate and contract. Sprint announced that they'll be shipping 3G-enabled versions of its AirRave Femtocell to customers starting next week. The EVDO-capable device is being shipped to customers that have specific in-building coverage issues, and each customer situation is reviewed to determine need. The AirRave will be given to qualifying customers for free, but must be returned if the customer deactivates service. There's no monthly cost to use the device, and guess what? They're determining whether or not you get this one or not, so this is not something where you can call them up and ask for one to be shipped out to you. It's based Based on the need and the, the specific coverage issues that you have in your home. It's very unusual that they're doing it this way. Eventually, you'll be able to purchase it, I'm sure. Um, uh, but this is uh, actually pretty big news to be able to get a 3G-capable um, uh, femtocell here. This is the first one. And uh, I, I know a lot of people are clamming, clamoring for them with uh, the fact that everybody's got a smartphone. And Mickey, you should uh, give Sprint up a call and see if you can get one. I, I should. I absolutely should. And when Joey says the first 3G one, of course, the first 3G capable for Sprint. Um, you know, the, 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 the Sprint service that I have here is just terrible in my house. Unfortunately, I've got other devices, so I don't have to use Sprint service. Um, but I, I was leaving a voicemail for someone um, last weekend, and unfortunately, it just 
the, the, you, you, it, you know, it's the type of service where you don't even know if this, the call has been dropped or not. Uh, but I call, I got a call back later and the person said, I think you called me. I got a, a, I got your number showed up, but I couldn't understand any of your voicemail. And I was just like, Oh man, you know, sprint, 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 what, whatever it works uh, well in many other areas for me. So that's why I keep them around, but I would love to have something like this. So I think you're absolutely right. I will reach out to them, see if I can get one of these. I'm also trying to get the AT&T micro cell because I would love to check that one out as well. I've got some AT&T uh, issues in my office. And so, um, would love to see some, uh, some enhancement from them. Let's talk about the unlocked show, uh, software news in just a moment. First, another way you can support us with that unlocked show. You enjoy this show. So subscribe to The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked. It's our bi-monthly premium podcast for only $5 a month or $45 a year. You can keep this show coming to you each and every week. Sign up is easy. Just visit thecellphonejunkie.com. Click the link on the right side for TCPJ Unlocked. Then click on subscribe to premium content and follow the instructions to get signed up. Thank you to all the TCPJ Unlocked subscribers that are out there. Well, this week we uh, we released show number 59. We talked all about the torch and uh, that it was coming to the AT&T network. And uh, we, we kind of wanted to discuss some of the, the, uh, the negative criticism that's been surrounding this device. And, you know, is RIM actually headed for doom? Was this the device that's going to put them under? Or is there going to be room in the market for this type of device? So we really dug into that. And I thought it was a great show. And um, yeah, we both use Blackberries. So we're obviously you can kind of probably see where we went with this one. But absolutely, we still do have criticisms with uh, with with RIM and what they've done with this device. Oh, absolutely. There's there's not all positives here. It's not all rosy. But uh, you know, yeah, the 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 tech uh, blogger criticism of the device, you know, this is BlackBerry's last stand. It's just not that. It's just not the case. That's not what they were going for. Um, I mean, the Storm was even more so one of those uh, type of devices, but but it wasn't because that wasn't the only. I mean, it's only, it's an exclusive device. It's it's only on one carrier. It's just one of the options you have. I mean, it's 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 just not an iPhone, and it's they're not trying to be because there's you know you don't want to try to compete with them you actually kind of want to be different so it's a it was a really good conversation and i think uh if you haven't subscribed yet i think uh you'd probably enjoy hearing this show and all the other ones we've done yeah we we get them out every two weeks on tuesday mornings so you can uh, be sure that you're going to get your latest uh fill in between the news shows here every other week so we'll be coming out with show number 60 next week right at the beginning of september well, after losing the exclusive right to the NFL mobile application to Verizon earlier this year, Sprint has released a replacement, Sprint Football Live. The app offers live game stats, scoring summaries, play-by-play, and other updates for games. No audio or video feeds for the NFL, though, though several college games will be live, including all Notre Dame home games. Fantasy League tools and streaming highlights will also be available on the free app with most data plan touting Sprint devices. Yeah, that's almost the same, Mickey. Close. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. You know, they had to come out with something. So many people are on Sprint because of, you know, various services that they offer, whether it's NASCAR, NFL, whatever, and and they lost the exclusive right. So they had to come out with something to to fill the gap there for those that that were, you know, liking uh, the services that they had with Sprint. For the dedicated football fans out there, that would be, I mean, if that was me, that I'd be so frustrated at a loss of a service like that, mm-hmm. um, because I, I do know that it is, it, uh, it's neat to be able to listen to that audio on the go, because I, I have it with Sirius, and I've, uh, you know, after I've watched a game, I've actually tuned it in when I've gotten in the car, and I uh, thought, you know, this really, for a big fan, you know, this would be a really neat service to have. Oh, absolutely. So, anyway, check out Sprint Football Live if you're a Sprint customer and you want to track what happens with the NFL. 
Word that Apple has hired a new product manager of mobile commerce has sparked intrigue as to what could be coming out of Cupertino. Benjamin Vigier has previously experienced with PayPal Mobile and Sprint My Money Manager, as well as experience working with the NFC technology for SanDisk. Speculation into the hire says that Apple will take his skill sets for creation of an iOS mobile payment system. See, I told you this NFC stuff was going to catch on. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think it may. And, you know, just as a, you know, I'm going to stay, take a step back and I see on my BlackBerry that uh, the football, it's called Sprint Football Live and it, it updated itself on the, the bold. I see that as well. Football Live, Sprint Football Live. There you go. Very nice. Facebook unveiled a new location feature this week called Places. The new feature will work with Foursquare, Gowalla, Yelp, and Booyah to let Facebook users check in and share locations. The new feature is only available through its iPhone app or through touch.facebook.com. So yet another way you can share your location with your friends. BlackBerry users know that App World is the easiest place to get applications for your handset. Version 2.0 is now officially out of beta and free for all customers to download. Developers can now offer applications for $1 or $2, which were uh, previously limited to either free or $3 and higher. Carrier and credit card billing has also been added alongside PayPal's options for how to purchase your apps. BlackBerry ID has also been added, uh, allowing for app management across multiple devices, and users will be notified directly on their hands. That's when the new application storefront is available for download. I actually have this now on my Bold 9650. It's very cool. I love the BlackBerry ID service. You log into it whenever you're downloading an app, and it basically saves that to your your ID. And then once you uh, get a new BlackBerry, you just log into it. And I guess maybe it'll download all the applications over for you, or you'll at least be able to choose which ones you want to be able to download. But for those that you've already purchased, you'll be able to easily transfer them from BlackBerry to BlackBerry. So I love that new feature there in App World 2 iOS 4 has brought out a number of enhancements over the previous versions, but those with the iPhone 3G may not necessarily agree. Those that have upgraded to the new software have found sluggishness and device crashes as the norm, making the device nearly unusable. One iPhone owner emailed Steve Jobs this week and asked about the issue and was given a short but sweet response. Software update coming soon. So hopefully that's indeed the case here because I know a lot of people that have got iPhone 3Gs uh, still out there and are not happy with this update so hopefully they can get that rectified yeah they've really kind of dragged their feet on this i mean especially the iphone 4 with the proximity sensor issue that mm-hmm. should have been fixed within the first week or two this is dragging on months now and it, that's just not uh it's just not really kind of apple style but it's it's really not good for all the users that are out there because there are so many users i think they could maybe push these out a little bit quicker especially for a major fix like the the proximity sensor and i know a lot of ipod touch owners are in the same boat having the same issues yeah, and I, I, I do agree with that. I, I think that they, they put out updates when they're absolutely necessary and they're, they're hopefully 100% you know, ready to go. Um, you know, they rolled out 4.0.2, which from what I understand had really nothing else in it other than fixing the PDF issue where you know, there's a vulner- vulnerability with uh, you know, being able to um, you know, launch a, a website. What is it? Jailbreakme.com Jailbreak, yeah, or whatever it was. Yeah, so they they fixed that right away. But you know, other than that, they keep saying, "Yeah, proximity fix is coming. Three G fix is coming." I mean, you know, they're coming. They're saying that they're coming. But you're right. I would love to see these quicker. Yeah, they, they update the signal bar issue. You know, strength <laughs> issue, which is you know a non-issue. I mean, it's just a display issue. It doesn't actually affect the signal. Then they yeah they put that uh, patch out for that uh, the jailbreak. Um, no, why don't you leave those till you fix the real issues? So it, it is kind of uh, disappointing to see that. 
Yeah. Well, anyway, we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that one because I know that's going to be uh, that's going to be an important one for those that have the iPhone 3G. Let's move to questions and comments. First is a comment from Wendy. She says, "Hi, Joey and Mickey. I am so tired of cell carriers whining that they're running out of bandwidth." when they're the ones that are requiring data plans on the phones. I have Wi-Fi available to me 24-7, yet I'm making a monthly $15 donation to AT&T for a measly 200-megabyte plan because I have to do so. If they were truly running out of bandwidth, wouldn't they let customers out of the required data plan? I've officially filed a complaint with them, uh, with the FCC, but to no avail. I would rather give that money to my favorite charity and not AT&T. Wendy. Well, Wendy, you know, unfortunately, this is uh, this is the world we live in. This is what the carriers are now requiring. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it would be nice if you don't need it, that you don't have to purchase it or, or get that feature. Uh, but unfortunately, if you want one of the high-end smartphones that are out there right now, they're requiring you to have that data plan. Well, even on the uh, some of the kind of the feature phones that are required. I mean, in, True. It's, it's kind of a stretch calling some of them smartphones that they're requiring data plans on. It is extremely disappointing. We don't we don't have the choice anymore to, to not sign up for that. Even when you have a, a GSM account, when you swap SIMs, they they uh, just graciously add the data plan for you when they detect that you've inserted it into a smartphone. So uh, it's 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 very disappointing. I have a story about that. I talked about it at the beginning of the show. I switched over to the iPhone 4 this week. And previously to that, I had just activated my um, a SIM card with AT&T. I just grabbed the old, uh, the old original iPhone, right? So this is a, a $20 data plan that included 200 text messages um, and, and then unlimited data. So I had that on a regular SIM card, and that was what I was you know, using in the iPhone and, and, and the Nexus when I had that and stuff like that. No problems with any of those devices. Of course, not the iPhone, but no problems with the Nexus. So my wife goes to, uh, to swap out the devices because I was traveling at the time. And they immediately move my service over to the micro SIM, pop the micro SIM in the iPhone 4, but left the plan the same. Literally within probably, I don't know, three, four hours, the device itself said that I got an email basically saying, you have now uh, switched over to a device that requires a newer plan. We've set up your account uh, with a plan that was comparable to the one that you had before, which is actually very interesting because I don't use texting through AT&T. I do it all through Google Voice. So I had to call up and have them remove the... um, Actually, I did it online, which was nice, but had to remove the uh, the texting plan because obviously I didn't want that on there. But yeah, they I mean they knew immediately with the iPhone 4 that I, I needed to have a more expensive plan than what they what I had on the account before. So you had a $20 data plan before with the with 200 text messages. So what did they move you to? They moved me to a $30 unlimited plan, which was nice. At least they didn't limit me to one of the, you know, 200 or 2 gigabyte plans, 200 megs or 202 gigs. Um, so they gave me the unlimited plan, $30, and then added another $5 plan on top of that for texting for the 200 text messages. So I just went in right away and removed that plan, the, the texting plan. And so I, it went up 10 bucks a month, but I, I you know, whatever, that, that's what they require. I mean, and that's still, I mean, that, that's, that's a good percentage up. That's not that comparable for price, at least. Yeah, but it's 3G. I mean, that's what they, you know, I had an edge plan before that. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah, that's, that's true. It is what it is. That's that's kind of how they do it. I was just surprised at how quickly it happened. So yeah, Wendy. Unfortunately, that's it. It is that, that's what it is. That's how things are going these days. And you got to give your money to AT and T unless you uh, unless you can somehow figure out a way to get a uh, 
another one of your AT&T plans activated. But, you know, like my experience, as soon as you put it in a phone that's got an IMEI that they recognize, then they're going to make sure that you've got an appropriate plan for the device. Next is a question from Greg. He says, Mickey, my new torch has developed a strange problem. Okay, so I know three people now that have the torch. (laughs) When I go to the web page where I need to enter text and numerals to log in, the cursor will appear in the proper box. But when I enter keystrokes, nothing happens. I've tried two sites and have the same issue. I've restarted the phone twice. No change. Also, before this happened, I noticed a very serious lag problem in several operations. Any insight? Greg. Well, Greg, I don't have any any insight as to far as far as why that's happening, other than I'm guessing it's specific to the page. I'm not sure if the page is running some sort of script, whether it's um, you know something related to Flash that's not showing up appropriately on the page. Though I don't know why that would make a difference when you're entering it into a text box. No, I don't really have any idea either. the The only thing I can say is you may have run into a glitch. Unfortunately, make sure that you're running the latest software version. If you go into the um, what is it, the BlackBerry menu under about the, the settings menu under the wrench? Uh, see what the about is. It should be 6.0.0.278. If it's not that high, um, go to uh, blackberry.com and downloads and, and get the software update for the torch um, to bring you back up to the 278 level. Um, also, there's other options you could do, like wipe the phone. You could do a full, complete, you know, do a backup of it and do a full wipe and even try to reload the os with this update even if it's the same version try to do that um you know these are things that may may or may not help you and then also um i would recommend heading over to crackberry.com and yep. looking for other people with the same issue um and they may have some workarounds as well i did not do that uh, I, it actually just i just thought of it when i was talking to you about this which of course that's the first thing i would have done um but uh but yeah definitely check that forum out well, and, and here's the other thing that I'm thinking. The, the new OS 6 has got the new web browser on it. And, and by the way, congrats on getting your, your new Torch. That's kind of fun. Um, so you've got this new web browser on there, and there's still probably a few issues that are going to go along with this here for you know uh, for a while. And, and as stuff like that surfaces, I bet we'll see some um, you know some things that get changed, and, and they'll, they'll put some patches out and stuff like that. So just, I'd say, be patient. But yeah, Crackberry is a great place to go. Um, anyone out there that's got a torch that's experiencing a similar problem and may have a fix for it, please let us know, and we'll pass it on to Greg. Next is a comment from Balraj. He says, thanks for discussing my issues on the show. Since then, I've changed uh, to IMAP, and there's no real difference, just the way the phone is handling it, so I can't see any real way around it. If you remember right, if I remember correctly, Balraj was having an issue with um, on his Android devices. He was using the widget to flick through emails to see what was in his inbox. They were marking as red, and then he never knew if they were red or not. Um, so unfortunately, IMAP didn't work. I'm sorry to hear that. He continues to say, over the last four days, I've been using a Garmin A10, and this actually does a much better on the email side, but the lack of customization on the home screen has caused me to go back to the backflip. I am really waiting to get my hands on a Galaxy S. Being a dealer helps as uh, we get demo phones from manufacturers as well as store demos, which we buy at subsidized prices. Uh, by the way, I like your new website design. However, I do you realize that the donate button is not there anymore? Kind regards, Balraj. Well, uh, first off, yes, uh, thanks for your comments, uh, as, you know, first of all. And um, as far as the donate button, here's, here's kind of what we decided. When we redesigned the website, we said we really don't want people just giving us money. We want to offer a service. If you're going to be so kind, you appreciate the work that we do, um, go in and sign up for the Unlocked show. Um, you can sign up and do a one-time uh, you know, $45 donation, I guess is what, 
what it would be, and you would get a year's worth of unlock shows. Um, if you just want to give us you know a smaller amount, you can sign up and, and for a reoccurring reoccurring monthly $5 amount, you can get the unlock shows coming to you as well as listening to these shows. So if you're looking for a way to help us, uh, the unlock show is the best way to do that. Um, we we want to make sure that we continue to get out the latest and greatest information. And to do so, of course, it takes time, it takes money. This is where you guys come in. So sign up for the unlock show. That's the best way that you can help us out. And finally today, a question from Dominic. He says, I think you guys have discussed this before. Uh, when someone buys a new phone, what is the best method to do the first few charges? Is the myth of charging then letting it completely die three times in a row a good idea, or is this not needed anymore? Thank you, guys. I value your input and look forward to the next show. Thanks, Dominic. Well, Dominic, I will tell you this. I think running through the completely charge up and completely die cycle once is a very important thing you can do. And it's not because the battery necessarily needs it, but the battery in conjunction with the phone sometimes doesn't know, it's not calibrated properly. And so there are, there are certain things that, um, and this is completely anecdotal, just experience that I've had from using batteries. Um, it always seems like a battery will get broken in, uh, and, but getting it you know, completely discharged one time is about all I've ever needed to do. Yeah, that, that I think Mickey, you're right. It is a calibration because the 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 phone or the the battery itself has a little circuit in there. It will say that what percentage it's at, and I think every once in a great while, you know, maybe month or two or three months, you know, let it drain all the way down until the device shuts itself off, and then charge it back up. And your uh, you know the calibration of your percentage of battery life remaining, I think, will be a little bit more accurate when you do that. But uh, these aren't nickel cadmium batteries anymore uh, that require those deep. Um, recharge cycles to build up to to reduce the memory that those older style batteries used to have Um, even if your your percentage is wrong the battery capacity is actually still remaining the same so yeah this is definitely not something you need to do anymore Um, also uh, like you said breaking the battery it seems to take around a week Mm -hmm. uh, for a brand new battery to kind of reach its uh, maximum operating um, length of time and i really saw that with the bolt Mm -hmm. Uh, it was actually almost two weeks for me where it really um, I was almost dead and it did die on me a couple of the days, but now it's, it's lasting a, a good chunk longer now. I think too, you know, it's, it's all about your, your use of the device. And of course, when you first get it, you're, you're playing with the thing like crazy. Um, but you know, for sure, I mean, the, the amount of time, the length of time it, it takes to, to decrease the charges, uh, totally dependent on, on, on getting that, you know, first couple of charges in the, the battery. And so it's, you know, comes up to its full capacity and, and you'll be good, but three times, not necessarily need it once not needed, but definitely a good thing to do. Just a good practice when you first get it. Um, anyway, that, that hopefully will, will get you in the right direction and, and don't worry too much about it. These batteries are great. Nowadays, you're going to sell the phone. I'm sure before the battery dies anyway, so you'll be fine. If you have any questions or con- comments, you can get in touch with us a couple of different ways. You can uh, send us a question to questions at thecellphonejunkie.com or give us a call 206-203-3734 or now send us a text 775-773-TCPJ. That's 8275 facebook.com slash the cell phone junkie you can become a fan of the site also uh, twitter.com slash tcpj underscore mickey twitter.com slash tcpj underscore joey and of course twitter.com slash cell phone junkie joey thank you very much as always for your time we'll talk to you later thanks for listening for more information about the stories you've just heard visit us at the cell phone junkie.com <laughs>